I tell you what, what encouragement. I, I don't know where everybody is around the world, but when Rick told me this was going on, uh, I couldn't wait to be part. Um, uh, prayer changes everything. And uh, thank you guys for your consistency. Well, God, God's spirit will not stand still. He's not in a box, as you guys know. So that's, uh, um, and I, I'd love to do this with a devotional. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm Mark Guthrie. Um, it's my 33rd year in education. Uh, I've had the opportunity to oversee uh, a number of Christian schools on different continents. And um, and so my passion, uh, there's a, if you're, if you're old enough to remember Chariots of Fire, uh, you remember Eric Little, and he had a statement that that said, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. Um, when I build Christian schools, I feel his pleasure. That's uh, that's my, uh, he made it, he didn't make me as fast as uh, Eric Little, but that's okay. Um, he made me to build, and so I am a, a builder, and uh, and as Rick said, some things have just hit recently that are uh, obviously the spirit moving, and you know what a privilege it is to be uh, in a spot where he's on the move. Um, because the rocks can cry out if we don't, and uh, and so what a privilege it is that he uses us. But I'd like to introduce this in a prayer devotional because I know that's really why you're here. And uh, and so there's uh, two verses we can you can even say them with me because you all I think on this call probably have them memorized, um, and maybe you lean into them as heavily as I do. But it's Proverbs three five and six, um, and it is trust in the Lord with all your heart. I see some of you mouthing it already and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths or make your path straight. So my question to the group here, probably more to Mark Guthrie here is, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Um, I've trusted the Lord with all my heart. And when I was serving in Uganda, my wife left, my wife left. I've trusted the Lord with all of my heart, and and some of my children are not where they need to be with Christ. Um, uh, I don't know if you're experiencing a, a trusting God situation, and or you have experienced it, and God did not respond like like you believed He should have. And um, and so I think the hardest part of the Christian life for me, as I continue to get older, is trust. Um, it's trust, uh, and of course, at the core, you guys meet here faithfully to beg God to pour out his spirit on in where you are and and around the world. And um, the core of that prayer is faith. It's trust. Um, you, it, you're, you're, you're hoping there is somebody that's hearing us and, um, and somebody that can do something about your prayer, right? That's the hope. If somebody's hearing and somebody can do something about it. And so that's the core of your faith. When you, be, when you begin losing that trust, you fall into what I've heard a number of theologians call functional atheism. Okay, you've heard that term, functional atheism. And if you haven't, it's literally claiming you believe in God, but you live like you do not. Okay, functional atheism, claiming you believe in God, but you li uh, live like you do not. Paul Tripp wrote about uh, functional atheism, and he said this, we worry too much, we control too much, we demand too much. We regret too much. Um, we run after God's replacement. We run after God replacements too much. We do all these things because we have forgotten God's presence, God's power, and God's glory. Um, if I'm honest to you, with you today, I often trust those uh, chariots and horses that they talk that, that Psalms remind us of. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Um, I often trust those over the name of the Lord our God. Um, I can see the chariots. Uh, I feel the horse's breath. I see their muscles. 
Um, I marvel at their power. And uh, I preach the power of the name of God very often because I believe in it. But um, I would say often I just believe in it uh, at times, at times, not fully. Um, If you read the book of Job, as many of you have, sometimes when you are in your trials, uh, you read the book of Job. And um, Job had a pretty solid argument, if you ask my opinion, against the Lord. Um, It seemed like he was trying to do things right and things were happening. And uh, as you read the first 37 chapters, the friends can get a little off there. But Job had a pretty good argument and wanted an audience with the Lord. Um, And and as I read the book, as I read the book often, I often want to say, I think you owe Job a why, God. I think you owe Job a why, Um, why this is all happening to him. And um, if Job, if uh, Job, if God gives Job and me a why, in some ways, I feel like I can trust him better, and that will enhance my prayer life. Um, But as you well know, God never gives Job a why. Instead, God gives him a who, right? He gives him a who. Um, I find my prayer life weakens not when I cannot understand God, because that happens often. Uh, It weakens when I forget who God is. That's when my prayer life weakens. Um, In November of this past year, while I was laying the groundwork for another Christian school that I was building in uh, Uganda, because that's been my work since 2014, um, I received the call from the organization uh, from which I was working, and I was being paid. That was nice. And, um, And they said, hey, we've run out of money as an organization. We need to restructure. We'll pay you for another month. And I am sitting in Uganda in the dark, uh, hang, and I hang up that, that call, and I just think, uh, I, I don't know about this at all. I don't know about this at all. And um, at the literal moment the call ended, I heard a clear war- word from the Heavenly Father, and he said, be still and know that I am God, right? Be still and know that I am God. Um, I desperately clung to that verse, Psalm 46. As I packed all my things to return to the States, wondering what's next for me, what's next for my family, um, I don't don't know. So as I was heading to the airport, okay, the airport, if if you're, I don't know how many of you you have uh, served at all in East Africa, but anyway, I was in Jinja, Uganda, the airport's about four hours away in Entebbe. And so I'm going to the airport and I receive a call from a lady and, um, and she says, could you meet me in Kampala, the capital, on your way? Uh, for coffee. And I said, hey, I, my, my flight leaves at midnight. I've got time. I'll stop for coffee. So I met her on the way uh, and I accepted. This lady told me, hey, I've just been contacted by the Archbishop of Uganda uh, literally that morning. Um, and uh, that arch, the Archbishop asked if she would be willing to take over 6,000 Ugandan schools and the teaching institutes where the tra- teachers train to transform Uganda from the bottom up. So the, this is the, uh, the Archbishop of Uganda asking her. She is the Association of Christian Schools International Director in Uganda. So some of you know of ACSI out of Colorado Springs. Um, and so this is the director in Uganda. In Uganda, it's this big. In AC, and here in the States, it, it's very large. Um, and so the Archbishop, that is the only person he knew to contact. He is on fire for Christ. And he said, we need to do something to grab the hearts and minds of these kids because here in, here in Uganda, we have a dead country. That's what he felt. And so he oversees at least 6,000 of the schools. 
And he said, we need to transform all of them. Contacts this lady and says, uh, can, you, can you do this? We'll put them all under you. And, uh, and so this lady looks at me on my way to the airport uh, in, uh, in, in Tebe, and she looks at me and said, hey, Mark, I'm asking you to oversee the entire effort. I'm asking you to over- everything. And I was like, there's 6,000 schools, nurseries, primary, secondary, and vocational. Uh, and they want, they want complete biblical transformation at every school, at every level. And, um, and so I had been piloting for ACSI, a little program for national schools in developing countries, because that's normally what ACSI has not done in the past. And so we developed a two-year certification process that national schools can go through. And so the archbishop wants every school to go through this certification process, which requires biblical, well, introducing the leaders and the teachers to Jesus Christ, probably 350,000 teachers. If I just have a meeting with the heads, it's 6,000 people, just with the heads of school. And so introducing them to Christ, discipling them uh, uh, as much life on life as you can. Again, my initial uh, my initial uh, job there has to be training the trainers, but discipling them and then giving them best practices, uh, leadership traits from Maxwell and, and, and other things that you're giving them. And then you move on as the two years evolve into the teachers, and then you move on into the um, the students and their families. And there's about three, just in this initial group, there's about three to four million children uh, and, their, and their kids that, that they want me to oversee. And so um, there's another twist I'll tell you, but I want to end the challenge before I tell you the last twist. And that is this. Um, oh, by the way, the first lady of, Uni- of, uh, of Uganda, who's Janet Museveni, who's also the minister of, of education, has now jumped on and she is welcoming this uh, with arms wide open. So she is supporting this as well. So, so there's still challenges. My, my, I want to finish the point with prayer. There's still challenges. I, I'm here in the States right now. I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina. It's not really where I want to be. Um, I'm raising financial uh, investment to be able to get all the training materials and do all we need to do in Uganda, which is uh, overwhelming to me, to be honest with you. Um, because the poverty level of the schools and the vulnerability of the children, they can't raise this money. Um, I need to systematically train thousands of administrators to overlay a biblical educational model uh, over thousands of schools. But God has made it very clear to me from day one that this is his work for his glory alone. And my first, middle, and last task is to trust him. Uh, No chariots, no horses, only the name of the Lord our God. And uh, and so my 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 challenge is the name is still above all names. When he says be still and know, um, you can count on the who even if you don't understand the why. Um, a couple twists have happened since then, and I'll end with this, Rick, because uh, I know we're here to get before that name and to call out under that name. And that name has redeemed me and restored me and renewed me and remade me and recreated me and reconciled me. And so I'm all in for that. Um, but a couple things have happened in, for, for my, in, my, uh, in my ministry that I'll, I'll throw this out and be finished and, uh, and turn it back over to Rick. Um, one is uh, Word of Life Ministries. I don't know if anybody here is on that, but Word of Life is out of upstate New York. Um, and they also have, uh, they're out of Florida now as well. But they have asked me to come and oversee their school in Kampala. They have an international school. This has all been since this other ask of overseeing 6,000 schools. And I told them, I can't do that. But can I can I counter? Can I go and invest in your school 
if I will go and invest in your school if you allow me to live there, use the school as a um, as a as a uh, training ground for all these thousands of other schools. Use the staff, use the teachers, all of that as I'm pouring into them. And they immediately said, absolutely, 100%, we've got a bed waiting for you. So when I fly into Entebbe, I have a place to sleep, and I'll be staying on the compound of Word of Life International School in Kampala, which, again, allows, it's the capital, and all the spokes will go out of that for this other ministry, which is really great. The last thing, the last twist I will tell you, just to remind you at times to be still and know that he is God, and that Mark Guthrie uh, just is trying to hang on to what God's doing because uh, he's uh, he's way out of the box. Um, there's an organization organization here in the States called BSF, a Bible Study Fellowship. I don't know if a lot of you know what that is, but um, it's a uh, it's a wonderful systematic study of the Bible. Uh, one of the one of the older um, uh, uh, directors of it, her name was Rosemary. Um, she also had a heart for Africa, and she brought together a lot of theologians, a lot of PhDs in both Africa and here. And they had for 20 years developed a curriculum. Uh, they've called it Rafiki, and it is a classical Christian biblical curriculum for nursery through secondary school in Africa, in Africa. And so they have jumped on board. And I just talked to the director three days ago, and she said they have they have Rafiki villages in 10 different countries, and they have been using this, this tremendous curriculum. I mean, and it, it combines all the African authors and fables with the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. I mean, it's just beautiful the entire way through, completely biblically integrated um, for Africa. And the, the first lady has already welcomed it and approved it. And so they told me three days ago that they are going to move their, their printing operations into Uganda. And if this is all they do for the next 15 years, 10 hours a day, seven days a week, is printing this curriculum along with the BSF Bible studies, which start in nursery, if you didn't know that, and it involve and just they involve the teacher, the child, and the family. And so it's a daily Bible study, just the BSF Bible study being overlaid, which I hope to do the day I get there, will 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 bring thousands to Jesus Christ. Many of them educators there. But then also this curriculum, they have invited me to 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 oversee applying this curriculum for these thousands of schools coming out of Rafiki, which again, initially was launched from Bible Study Fellowship. So again, the God, God is tapping me on the shoulder and saying, it's not your work, it's mine. I will not share my glory, but I will um, allow you to be who I've made you to be. And that is the way I give him pleasure. And of course, in, in return, he fulfills me completely. So, um, so that is what's happening with me. I am trying to finish raising, um, get, raising that support and getting the uh, investors and get back over even by the end of this month. I'm already about halfway in the last four to six weeks. Um, and uh, and then as soon as I get there, we start working with um, the representatives from all the regions of Uganda. And then we start uh, working with about 140 schools starting next year in the two-year process, then 1,400, and then all 6,000. By the year 2030, we hope to have all 6,000 schools uh, go through that uh, that certification process. And so um, that's that's a, again, it's a God work. Uh, I'm I'm trying to hang on with with all I've got, but it, it, I hope it encourages you uh, this morning. As as we say, some trust in chariots and some in horses. We can trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen, Mark. Thank you very very much. Probably because I'm um, conservative, evangelical, American, 
I'm not super familiar with even the term archbishop. I know this is the Anglican church. And, um, and I, all I am glad about is that there appears to be um, a leader of this Anglican church in Uganda who has a desire that biblical principles and biblical theology permeate the education process. And, um, and so I'm glad for that. Uh, I, I think there's this one of those things that we pray for. This is ground up. This is uh, training children. So uh, Mark, does that reflect pretty much what, what this is? It is. It's the Archbishop. Uh, Uganda officially is an Anglican country because it's an English colony initially. And uh, so the Church of England, Church of Uganda, same, same idea. And, and uh, it is true what Rick just said. If you want to pray for somebody, I know you pray for lots of bodies, but the Archbishop of Uganda is on fire for Christ right now. And, uh, and so his name is Steve, Stephen Kasimba. It's one of those things that, that God is at work in his heart, and he is seeing a country that is not, I mean, th- th- I don't think it's ever happened since 1962 when they became a country that we have a man like that that is saying, we will serve the Lord. Let's go after the hearts and minds of the children. You know, Aristotle has a great quote, and he says, give me a child until seven, and I will show you the man. Uh, and, and I think, again, this is a generational battle. And so the privilege of going after those hearts and minds um, through Christian education and through honoring the families and through, again, getting those hearts and minds first and foremost of those administrators and teachers, because the Bible says eventually the, stu- the student becomes like their teacher. So you need to have teachers filling those schools that are redeemed and renewed and restored. And they know about the gospel and they know what the cross is and they know about sin and forgiveness and repentance. And then they also have the tools to inspire other kids, their children to join them in their learning journey. That's a great teacher. And so that's, that's my primary role, probably the next 10 to 15 years of my life. Um, Lord, Lord willing, if he gives me 10 to 15 years, is the poor end of those administrators and teachers, which goes into those kids, which goes into those families. And as we all know, gospel changes everything, brings order, elevates the women uh, to where they need to be. Um, black, white, blue, green, doesn't matter in front of the cross. Everything is level. And that's the beauty of the gospel.